Well, this is day one. This is day one of uh, the meditation fast that Abba told me to do. And I pray that you would consider it as well. It's just something about when we meditate on the word of God. You know, as I was studying today and meditating on the word that he gave me. As a matter of fact, as I was in this deep meditation today, I began to just sit still and hear what the Spirit of the Lord was saying. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this sudden sleep. And that's definitely unusual for me. <laughs> but maybe it could be because I'm still working on the chicken fat and I'm so wore out, you know, walking the track. But I fell asleep. And all of a sudden, I was just quickened because I was praying and seeking God about what I had already studied in these two different chapters. And, and then I said, well, Daddy, is there a word or a text that you would like for me to meditate on? What would be that for day one? So I can share that meditation. That is my goal, to try to share the meditations that it gives me once a week. Because we're doing this for 32 days, okay? And so I'm not doing it every day. But as led, I will whatever he's telling me to tell you at that particular time. But this is just once a week. And hopefully it'll be, you know, like uh, on a Thursday or Friday or uh, at night, prayerfully, uh, to be able to just, just get you to hopefully meditate as well. But as I went into this deep, quick sleep, Holy Spirit began to minister to me about I need to be quickened and awakened, especially about what I had said to you earlier about we must fight for the family. And so I was moved by the chapter they gave me. So I had to spend hours meditating on the chapter. And it was in Deuteronomy as I was in this quick sleep. So when I asked him again, Daddy, what am I supposed to be meditating on? You know, because you're not giving me anything out of the other two chapters that I read. Um, and then quickly I heard, turned to Deuteronomy chapter 21. And so I went, oh, okay. So I turned there. And I said, oh, I'm going to notice you if there's anything dealing with what you told me to do already in regards to fighting for the family. I know this is you preparing me to share and sound the alarm about how important it is that we begin now to meditate on your word so we will know how critical of a time that we're in that we have to stay focused. And that focus has to do with mindfulness. I talked about early on, soundless meaning don't listen to anything else, you know, and be still. And so that's what I did. I mean, uh, trying to remove all sounds. But in Deuteronomy chapter 21, as I began to study, and of course, you know, I went to all the different uh, cross-references and kind of looking at the different scriptures to see which one he would have me to share. And it was Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 9. And that says, uh, So shalt thou put away the guilt of innocent blood from among you, when thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. You know, and I began to meditate on that, and immediately I was quickened about a scripture, I believe it's in, in Proverbs, talking about blood guiltiness. Immediately that quickened my spirit about how we, you know, we stay in a state often uh, out of, you know, unawareness that we have blood guiltiness on our hands. And so, but this scripture was really saying uh, several things which I hope that uh, I'm able to give you the, the, the reference to it really quick, that I found by a uh, minister, a pastor by the name of D. Davies. He did a, a homiletic on it, uh, and he talked about 
something that I thought was very powerful that he talked about penance and purity being twin sisters, you know, in referencing the scripture that I just gave you, Deuteronomy chapter 21 and 9. And he said, there is an appeal for mercy. He was given the, the, the analytic, the homiletic on it. And he said, there's an appeal for mercy to be merciful, O Lord, unto thy people Israel, is what that scripture was saying. He said, some measures of culpability must be felt in every solicitation of mercy. This is the part that stood out to me very, very strongly in his uh, homiletic. He said, for mercy is that principle in God which conveys blessings when no merit exists. See, we are at a place sometimes that we allow things to be as they are, you know, and we don't say anything. We just say, oh, well, that's not my business. That, that, that's not my problem. You know, that's her children or that's my niece and my nephew. That's not my children or that that's their church, you know, I don't go to that church over. Oh, they not at our church. And so they don't have anything to do with me. You know, that's not my husband. That's not my wife. You know, that's not my child. But we are responsible as a body of Christ to make sure that we take all that we can out of love and make sure that we deliver that love through caring, through sharing. And he goes on to say, and if true repentance moves in the breast, it is a parent of reformation. He also says that its purpose is amendment. And that really stood out to me too. Amendment, which means amendment means that we're trying to change something. We're trying to, I always say, transform rather than just get someone to say that I'm okay with being saved and that's it. No, we got to get them to want to be transformed continuously. And he said it seeks not only removal of the burdens, but the destructions of the evil thing, okay? And so that means that's our responsibility as blood-bound soldiers to make sure that we do not just look at a matter, as we as he's talking about here in this text, he's talking about, as you see early on, they're talking about that, you know, they washed their hands and did all these rituals to say that they had nothing to do with it. They didn't see, see no evil, you know, touch no evil. I don't have anything to do with that. It's speak no evil. I have nothing to do with that. But we are accountable once we come to the knowledge of the truth. I always tell people, you know, it's better that you don't know than you to know, because what you do know, you have to account for that. And then that what you don't know, especially when you've been around the thing to know and you refuse to take the wisdom, whether you want to do it you know, in a compromising way. So now you got to suffer the consequences of want to halfway know or want to compromise whatever you know. And so he says that unless fruits of righteousness appear, he says, penance is only re. He said, penance is only pretense, which means that it's only a pretending. And that's what we have done. We say, not me, not them, you know, not now. I don't have anything to do with that. When actually we have a form, which means we are pretending. We have this pretense to act like we're holy. When we're not trying to transform nobody, which is how they say, my three are throwing no more. It's just me and my family, and that's it. Sure, we are in the hour and we got to fight for the family. We're in the critical time right now we got to fight for the family as you can see all the explosions and fires and you know volcanoes the lord showed me this two weeks ago that this was happening i woke up out of a dream he showed it to me and then when i awakened and turned the news on there was the first one somewhere up going toward Bay town the Beaumont or somewhere i saw that and then now when he showed it to me in the dream that it was in different different parts of the states and the country and it is happening right now we got to know that what we hear what we see god is holding us accountable to make sure that we sound 
the alarm. Now, the other thing about what he was saying, I think is what's so powerful about his message is that he was trying to make sure that when we think about tense versus pretense, and when we think about, you know, uh, purity versus tense, one of the things that they may be twin sisters, we got to make sure we understand that reformation and the amendment and, and, and transformation have to kiss one another. It's so important, he says, that in the hour of repentance, new love and even new hate is going to be born. And that's why we have to fight for the family. This is why there's so much bloodshed now. And much of that blood is on our hand because we're not doing anything about it. One of the things we got to remember is that if there's something in your community or in your, in your house, something that's going on that you keep it quiet about, you might as well go and join the hater. You might as well go and join the one who is creating the evil because you're turning your deaf ear to it and you're turning your eyes away from something you know you can do something about. We got to fight for the family. He says, useless fruits of righteousness appear. He said, Pentance is only pretense, but he said the sincere cry for mercy is always followed by doing that which is right, that which is right in the sight of the Lord. And so as we begin to look at what Abba is saying to us concerning this matter in penance versus purity, we got to know that the righteousness is the only thing that God is going to be looking at us about. What are we doing? You know, we got so many people who are saying that they're following people because they have a good form, a good look. And many of them don't even have take care of their kids who have gotten to other marriages, who are turning their ears away from the choir of their own seat. And so we can't keep turning deaf ears. The influence of man that is going on in society today, the influence of man upon man today, it is in a fashion that we can't begin to think uh, how a word that we can get. I talk about the ungeneration, but we have that right in the body of Christ. And I guess the best word I can put, I guess you could call like what well, they think that omnipotent, but it's a uh, omnific. That 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 means that they, they don't feel like they uh, have to do, or they feel like they can do whatever they want, how they want, and then still have this form to look like they're godly or they're holy. And then we're still having blood on our hands because we're not walking in true fruit of the spirit. And so this influence that is upon man today, this what I call omnific type of behavior, this omnific type of behavior has caused many of the kids today to have that un, how they say that ungeneration personality. And then those who are blood bought, it is touching that person in every point of vain glory and flesh in every way we can think or imagine. And so that potency of that influence that people are looking for, that hype, that thing that tickles the ear, that potency of that influence depends on what a person thinks in the rank or the position or the age or, or whatever that person has been influenced by that person. He goes on to say that the character of kings is soon reflected on their courtiers. That means like Pete, like priests, like pastor, like people. And so that means crimes will proceed from the depraved and the sentiments that can be purified by righteousness can be purified by what? Holy influence. And so we need to make sure we pay attention to what are we doing? That is my message today for my meditation. I meditated all day on Deuteronomy chapter 21. There's so much meat in there. But guess what? 
it made me realize that we look so to the point that we think that we have to focus on what is called the omnificent. Like I said, the omni, I keep saying it wrong, the omnific, that's a better way to say it, the right way, the omnific rather than the omnipotent, the omnific of the people who are in what I call performing gifts. That means that they may have an appearance that they are influential, or they may be powerful and very influencing in what they do and the way they speak in very intellectual speeches and do a bunch of hollering and running around, you know, and getting people's attention. But guess what? It's without God's repentance of these gifts to man. Whether they're seeking God to help us discern or not, we got to make sure we get to God and learn how to seek him to discern the, how to say the truth through the spirit for ourselves. Now I'm going to close with this. The gifts again are without repentance. God wants us to seek him to discern. First of all, the character has got to outweigh the, the fruit. I mean, the gift. It's got to outweigh the gift. And that's why we got to go beyond the gift and look for the transformational impact in the lives that God has put to our hands so that they too will have the opportunity to seek God, to have the influence for salvation through what God has put in, put in us to give to them. And so that's what I have today for my meditation on Deuteronomy chapter 21, Pentance and Purity. That's it. It's all about fighting for the family. Love you so much. I pray that you share this message. Good night. Well, here we go. Well, wisdom speaks. You know, Proverbs, what is that number? I think it is 20. No, Proverbs 1 and 20. It tells us that wisdom crieth without. She uttered her voice in the streets. And so I am crying out loud to speak to you this wisdom speaks message now. Now, this is not a night night. So I don't know where this is being recorded at because I'm in a rush trying to hurry up and get this out. Because this came in my spirit to speak to somebody past Valentine's. You know, whoever celebrated that. But what I really wanted to kind of talk to you about the fact that you will never be understood, okay? Many of us are trying to understand still now. You know the marriage has been on the rocks for a while, and many of you are in the middle of considering divorce or going through some type of bad relationship, or, you know, maybe you're just having a bad time, period, with some kids or siblings and so on. But many of us are getting candy, and you know you still got sour grapes. I don't want to preach. I just want to talk to you for just a few minutes here. You got sour grapes still yet going on, but yet you got candy. That's bittersweet is what I call it. And I want to talk to you and pray that that candy at least gave you an opportunity to soften your heart to say, well, I guess they tried. But yet ain't nothing still, ain't nothing going on in the bedroom. Ain't nothing going on in conversations. Ain't nothing going on at the church. Ain't nothing going on with any type of communication. But yet you're going to bring me a box of candy. I don't want to preach. So listen to me. You will never be understood. One of the greatest things that we can be remembering in this particular part that I wanted to bring out in, in regards to Wisdom Speaks is that we got to know that one of the greatest things that we can do is think about what John ate and 32 tells us, and you will know the truth, and the truth will, not might, 
the truth will set you free. But many of us have a kind of carnal understanding of truth based on pain, based on past hurts, based on the hell you're going through even now. So whatever form of truth that you are in the midst of now, that is what you know. And that is what you're going to react to. And so I need you to come to hear wisdom today and know that you will never, ever be understood. Even Jesus was not understood. And so as you begin to think about your spouse, as you begin to think about your children, as you begin to think about the things that they do, the things that your children do, the things that perplex you, that continue to send you through these thoughts and wondering why these floating hate messages about them go through your head. You know, even with this thing with the wall, politicians, the things that they say, the things that they do, you know, we got to look at that we will never, ever understand because we can ever, never, never begin to make people understand what our truth is. Many times people are walking around in truth right now that they think that people are calling it a lie and you know it's the truth. I don't want to preach. Lord, help today. But your spouse, as I said, would do things. Your children would do things. Those people that's close to you would do things. Politicians every day are saying and doing nothing and are doing things that don't make no sense to us. But you will never, never, ever believe these things. And people will go right on because you're thinking, wow, what's wrong with them? What's going on in their mind? And people go right on being disappointed. People go right on looking at these situations. And guess what? The world is still around. And the world is still going to end in someday in somebody's life. And life still goes on. And you still being misunderstood. Okay? So if you expect people to understand everything you say and do, you will not only feel disappointed, not some of the time, but most of the time. And now you have victimized your own self, your own day. Okay? So cheer up. Remember, it's what you know that is true. You don't have to argue the truth. You don't have to try to prove the truth. The world is the word is true, and it's gonna be amen and yay amen until the end of the world end. And what the truth is, that is what's gonna set you free. Now, one of the greatest things that we gotta make sure that we look at: what truth am I struggling with? What truth do I need to make sure that I? How I always say. What truth have I said to somebody who I know is going to be debated, who I know is going to be argumentative, who I know is going to be intellectual and try to tell me all this Greek and this Hebrew and all these things and, and what the Lord is saying to them. But this struggle that we have, especially at the body of Christ, we struggle with this particular virtue. We need to learn to overlook these things. And I'm talking to you right now. You need to learn to qualify your conversation. Because a whole bunch of these people that we're having conversations with about the truth, they don't even qualify for the conversation. I don't want to preach. <laughs> Lord, help me today. I, you know, I was meditating on that. So you, you put yourself in this situation, trying to get them to understand a truth that you know is true. And many people just enjoy darkness better than light. So why in the world are you trying to talk to somebody about a light conversation and they got dark looking in their life? Lord, help me today. Because that's what they want. They love darkness. They love light more than truth. So you need to learn to overlook these things. You need to stand the gap and pray if they come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and, and you know, and don't feel that you have this to make all this sound. That you need to make and prove yourself and, and, and keep on pulling out scripture and, 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 and keep responding to those that are on Facebook. They saying this and they trying to top this and, and giving you scriptures and saying you're in error and all this old crazy mess. I, I don't believe in that. 
I believe that the truth, it speaks, it cries out. Wisdom is crying out even now, talking to you. I just want to talk to you. I'm not trying to preach. But everybody's got their own attitudes. Everybody got their own behaviors. And they may be irritating to us, but we hurt our own selves because we're trying to get people to understand something that they may not even qualify to understand yet. This is why we got to pray for each other, that we may come to the knowledge of the truth in a thing that you may not even understand. You might even understand the truth that they're trying to get you to understand. But there's only one truth, I say it a lie, and that is the word of God. And that is the truth that's going to set us free, whether we like it or not. Okay? It may rub us wrong, it may look wrong to us through our own eyes. But people's attitudes and their behaviors are going to be irritating, and they may even feel hurtful toward you. But spring up, get pull your bootstraps up, put on your armor of love, you know, shrug your shoulders back, and say, Jesus is Lord, <laughs> and I believe that God will fight the battle for me, and I don't have to fight this thing. Everyone else around us may be uncomfortable about a truth. They may look and talk and dress a certain way, you know, putting on that look. But one thing you got to understand is that you can just either leave or in the conversation, you can either not respond, enjoy your life, go ahead and rejoice that you are an effective a proud dad, proud mother, no matter what the situation is, you are a strong woman of God, you're a strong man of God, and God is keeping you, and no weapon and no word form against you is going to prosper. It may form through these uh, lack of knowledge and understanding of truth, but the Bible clearly tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. That means you understand, you know that daddy has told you the truth, and you need to act like you know the truth. That means you don't have to prove truth. Lord, help me today. That means a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so I'm going to end with that. Gotta go. Just want you to know that you will never be understood all the time. The greatest thing that we can do is make sure that we don't become a victim of somebody else's truth of what they understand, okay? Just remember that being quiet sometimes is more effective than making noise. Love you so much. Enjoy your day. I know I am. Thank you, Daddy, for your truth. Love you. Wisdom is speaking. Share this message. Okay, this is my rant. Seems like it's going to be for maybe a couple of months from what I experienced today. And so let me first say I want to give a shout out to all those who are pet lovers because I once had a very, very small little puppy and I do love puppies and dogs and things like that, certain types of little pets, but I tell you, I cannot get over my experience today, I go to the doctor, let me just jump right in here, I want to make sure you know that I'm not coming against no dog lovers or pet lovers first, but I got to make you understand, you know, first of all, I'm ranching because I went to the doctor trying, a foot doctor, okay, trying to figure out what is going on with my foot. 
you know, it's always something. So I had to just sit there and pray. I did all of my checks on this doctor, uh, went online, checked out everything, got a good referral from, you know, what I saw and another doctor. And so I said, let me go check her out. Okay. I get over there. I already don't wait it. And it really bothered me because I've already waited. And then when I get in there, uh, into the room, uh, I wish I had known this. Uh, they did some type, of, you know, some type of notice on the uh, page of the doctor's, you know, website or something. But anyway, long story short, this is going to be my two cents and a nickel. Like I said, I'm just ranching because I cannot believe my experience. Long story short, I get in there and I'm waiting on her. Then she comes in. And I'm just pleading the blood, Lord, please let it be somebody nice and, you know, really going to treat me right, you know. And then here she coming in and I'm looking at her like, what are you doing? She don't even walk in. She just comes to the door, open the door, and a dog walk in that comes up hip, uh, about tall as my hip. And I'm five feet eight, so you can just about guess how big the dog was. I'm not good with no dog titles, but anyway, the dog comes in and walk straight in and she said uh you know what to do we're introducing ourselves now and i'm looking like introducing the dog started licking my ankles and all this and i'm just kicking back and going lord i don't want i don't want to make no wrong move so i just kept my hands to myself and was freeze i just froze because i'm like what the freak is this i gotta get interviewed by the dog first what is this so then she says uh, uh i wanted my little boy to uh meet you first uh, he's in training, and I'm like, ma'am, please, uh, get your dog, I, I, I don't know, uh, I just know that I, I, I don't have a spleen, so I can't have, you know, pets licking on me and things like that, because I don't want to get any kind of bacteria and stuff, it'd be hard for me to get rid of, you know what that's like, right, doc, you know, not having a spleen, oh, well, yes, I know, okay, come on, so she does some little sound in her mouth and get him to go on, I'm like, Lord, did he come back and turn back around, and I said, please, you know, let him go out, and then she goes, come on, he is so friendly, and I said, well, good, good, he's friendly, I just can't do it right now, so she comes back in, and, 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 and then the nurse comes in, she said, he's just really nice and friendly like that, I said, very good, very good, and she started telling me about what the dogs do, and what she's doing, she's training them, I said, that's so kind, that is a great job, so I got tired of him, so I stuck my foot out, like, just look at my foot, so I can go, I just can't believe what I'm encountering here, anyway, she goes on and, and keeps on talking about the dogs. And I kept saying, can you see the spot right there on my foot I'm talking about? Then she says, yes. Then she started rubbing my foot like she's doing some type of chant to it or some type of talk to my foot, you know, like, oh, baby, that kind of stuff. I'm like, what the freak is wrong with you? I saw, I started pleading the blood, Lord, keep my mind safe. You know, Lord, keep me in love. Keep me in the fruit of the spirit because I don't like what I am feeling here. It looks like and it seems Seems like I'm in a bad situation here. So, Daddy God, please talk to me about what to do here. So, she went on to start telling me about how beautiful my feet is. So, I'm massaging my feet. And she said, is this is the one? Yeah. I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Don't press it. Oh, well, I need to press it just to see. I said, well, it's kind of very uncomfortable. But anyway, she went on. And finally, uh, I said, she says, well, let me tell you, I, I really, really need to look at it closer. So, she looked at it a little bit closer. And then she said, well, you know, it could be a number of things. 
Well, I guess this is what I think we need to do. And then she picked it, my foot up and looked at it a little. She tapped my foot and said, do you feel anything stinging or tingling? And I said, no, I don't. I said, all I know is I feel a heaviness in my foot. That is because it has grown to like the size of an egg. I said, really? I don't feel that. By the size of an egg, because I don't think I can walk, right? And then she said, well, anyway, what has happened here is it's grown and you've got a... Uh, uh, like a uh, a boil or something, not a boil, but like a um, a little spot where you got a pimple or something that has grown into uh, a space that you need to get cut out of there so that that fluid and stuff can get out of there like a, a little core that we need to get cut out so that can be released and it won't grow back. And I said, you know what? Let me think about that. No, she told the nurse to go get the paper so I can go ahead and sign a release. And I said, release the what? She said, so you can go ahead on let me uh, cut that out right now. I said, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm driving and uh, no, there won't be no cutting today. And she said, well, when are you going to get it done? Like rushing me. I started thinking about the fact that the way the office looked and the way the environment looked, you know, maybe she was desperate for money. So I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, no, ain't going to be no cutting today. So anyway, she said, well, when do you want it done? You need to get it done. I said, well... Schedule me for Friday. I need time to pray about this here. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, and I'm looking at her like, what? Brush, you make me get go through an interview with your dog. Now you're talking about cutting my foot. And I said, ma'am, did you know if you cut my foot? That's going to hurt. Well, it's, you know, it all depends on the person. It ain't going to hurt that bad. I said, well, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Let me think about it by Friday. I'll let you know something. I'm going to pray about it. So anyway, she gets up and go out the door and tell the woman, the nurse, to go on and get the, 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 the release papers together anyway. Okay, I said, you can go and get the release papers together anyway, but put it all the way to Friday because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this anyway. But she said, oh, you should get it done. So you can get it done. I said, we'll see. So she goes on. The nurse walks out. She gets to the door and opens the door wide. This time the doctor now. And she, I hear her do something with her with her mouth, like tick, 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 like some kind of little whistle or something. And next thing I know, up comes another dog. She, this dog here looked like he come up like the, like to, the, to my navel area. Now, remember, I'm five feet eight. Now this dog would come up and I and I and I stood there and I froze. I said, what's going on? And she said, this is my daughter. And, and I said, oh really? Okay. Uh well, what's going on? Well, I want her to meet you too. I said, I really, this is a great work you're doing. Well, well, she's already trained. She she helped people that are blind and all that. I said, this is a great work. I said, well, ma'am, I just really can't do the dogs right now. This is really, really good. And then I thought to myself, you actually think that I'm gonna let you cut my foot? With this kind of psych stuff, you should have asked me first before you even brought these dogs in here. <laughs> Lord help me today. You know, you should have thought about that first. You know, you ask people, do you want to be introduced to dogs and stuff like that? You know, interviewing the dogs and all this stuff like it's here. You know, for those who like dogs, good for you. Because I like them too because I've had them. I grew up with them. But I don't think it's good for a doctor to just bring your animals in and, in, in, you know, and force the, the, the patients to see. Now, this is the thing I, I want to do this rant about. I'm very, very concerned this last day that, you know, people just think they can do whatever they want to do with you just because they're the doctor. I don't think this is good. I believe that she thought that I was somebody green or whatever, but she lucky that I didn't start trying to work on for me to be getting paid, you know, for this unethical way that she handled me. But I really, really believe that it was very unethical. I really, really believe that it was not nice for her to bring in not just one dog, but two dogs and insist that I be introduced to them. Like, you know, you might as well get used to it because this is who you're going to be seeing with me. I said, the devil is a lie. Don't bring your dog back in 
here. I, can I have no dogs around me? And then she gonna tell her, come on out then, baby. I don't know what she called her. She said, because she's dealing with uh, uh, dealing with a spleen situation. I said, no, ma'am. On my application, I told you, I have no spleen. I'm not dealing with no spleen. I have no spleen. And I said, well, thank you very much. You know, I'm, I'm saying that you say, we're in a time right now, we got to make sure that we not only just look on the internet, go by a referral, we got to make sure we take our time and really maybe just go by and meet the doctor. You know what I'm saying? And I hate I didn't do that. I should have met the doctor. Okay, this is my two cents and a nickel. I think that we should take some time to get to know some of these doctors, get to understand what they're doing. Mm, my God, I can't get over this experience I had. It made my head spin. It still got me trying to figure out what in the world would make you think you fixed to cut my foot and get your dog to sit on the floor and watch you cut my foot open to try to get whatever you think you see. Tell me that's a little hole in my foot that you can see that uh, sweat going through. Well, that's interesting that you could see it. I saw nothing. I'm the one doctor on my foot before I got to her. I saw nothing. Well, I guess that's why she's a podiatrist. But the fact of the matter is that I'm ranching because I don't think that we should have to be subjected to people's pets in their offices just because it's their office. Oh, let me slow it down. Well... I want you to pray for me because I am really, really being challenged with the fact that now i got to find another doctor. And prayerfully, this doctor will be one without dogs, without interviewing animals, because I am just blown away with the fact that I had to be so overwhelmed after sitting so long waiting to see what exactly could happen for my foot when I have to interview the dog first, not one dog, but two dogs, and then be told that you want to cut my foot open right now Ain't did no x-rays and clearly had an x-ray machine in there because I saw it. You know, so it must be broke she didn't want to go there. But I guess she figured that I was so green that I was just going to let her just cut my foot open. The devil is a lie. I need you all to pray that God will do his supernatural on my foot. He already did that in some fashion because I was using eucalyptus oil to get it to, the swelling to come down. But I will say this. I think that this doctor is nice. I think that this doctor had good intentions. But I believe that the way that she did it, and she looked very young, and I think that the way that she did it, it had to do because she figured, well, I'm going to see if I can get my boy dog to be uh, learning how to nurture and, you know, and care and go through these types of things. But you forgot. You don't know who in the world's coming. And you met her. Dr. Sandy Murphy ain't playing. You're not going to do no anything with me. Keep me covered on this side. Lord have mercy. I just can't get over it. I mean, I just kept saying all day long, I don't believe this has happened to me today. I was hoping that I got some type of, you know, result of some type of action that I need to do with my foot. And all I got was interviewed by not one dog, but two dogs. Oh, pray for me. Lord, help us all today. Please share this and tell people to do their homework. Oh, God. Love y'all. Bye-bye.